We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. James Blend is producing and engineering today's program. In the first couple of segments, we'll take a look at the day's headlines and then the lighter side of the news. And in the second hour of today's program, the Christian Outlook, featuring Jennifer Kennedy as she discusses two California bills, AB 957 and AB 665, that would result in the government taking children away from parents who disagree with the government's ideology on gender transition. We'll also hear from Adam Rasmussen of the Cultural Research Center discussing the decline of the Christian faith in America and the drop in church attendance and moral values as outlined in the American Worldview Inventory 2023 by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. And finally, we'll hear from historian Carl Truman about the prevailing negativity in today's culture, but also the hope and the emphasis on the importance of building positive communities. That's all coming up in the second hour of today's program, this week's Christian Outlook. But first, some of the day's headlines. The Supreme Court ruled today that Texas and Louisiana do not have standing to sue the Biden administration over a deportation policy it instituted in 2021. The case, United States versus Texas, was decided eight to one and stems from a Department of Homeland Security policy that prioritizes certain groups of illegal immigrants after a rather for arrest and removal, namely suspected terrorists, dangerous criminals and those recently caught at the border. In a memo, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, he explained DHS does not have the resources to apprehend and deport all of the 11 million, some suggest 17 million uh, migrants in the country illegally living in the U.S. Texas and Louisiana claim that this violated federal statutes that but purportedly required DHS to arrest more illegal immigrants pending their removal. The U.S. Navy detected what it suspected may have been an implosion within hours of the Titan submersible descending into the ocean to visit the Titanic wreckage. A U.S. defense official said the Navy began listening to the Titan immediately after the vessel lost communication with the mothership approximately an hour and 45 minutes into its mission Sunday morning. The official said the Navy's top secret acoustic detection system picked sounds up that were consistent with either an explosion or an implosion near where the Titan was found on Thursday. President Biden reportedly shocked a group of U.S. officials after openly discussing sensitive information regarding the Chinese spy balloon with a room full of donors. On Tuesday, the president told about 130 guests at a fundraiser in California that Chinese President Xi Jinping was embarrassed after the U.S. shot down the Chinese spy balloon off the coast of South Carolina in February. The reason why Xi Jinping got very upset in terms of when I shot that balloon down with two boxcars full of spy equipment in its uh, is that he didn't know it was there. Biden reportedly said at a private Kenfield home on Tuesday. No, I'm serious. He went on to say that's a great embarrassment for the dictators when uh, they didn't know what happened. U.S. officials in attendance were surprised by the president's remarks at the campaign event. 
according to the New York Times, which reported that an anonymous source confirmed Biden's comments were accurate. An NC2A volleyball player claims ChatGPT scolded her when she asked the artificial intelligence platform to shorten a tweet about the debate over transgender athletes participating in women's sports. I was trying to explain in the tweet that I'm an NC2A athlete and that it's important to champion the voices of female athletes and to stand up against this ideological war that's going on that puts women in danger and taking away the opportunities for scholarships, she told Fox News Digital in a phone interview on Thursday, explaining it was a lot of information to cram into one tweet. So she said she's a novice when it comes to using ChatGPT, OpenAI's wildly popular chatbot that can mimic human conversation based on prompts, and had seen an Instagram reel touting the importance of using the platform as future technology. Petty, an NC2A volleyball player from Lee University, said her initial tweet wanted to emphasize that girls' sports are for girls only, while using her experience as an athlete in the tweet. She argued phrases such as robbing girls of their chance to play due to male inclusion likely triggered ChatGPT to respond with a message informing her the tweet was rewritten to promote inclusivity. In other words, changing the meaning. I understand you would like to highlight the importance of girls sports being exclusively for girls. Chat GPT responded, according to the screenshot Petty provided in an Instagram video of the matter. However, it went on, it's important to emphasize inclusivity and equality in sports rather than promoting exclusive exclusion rather based on gender. The system continued. Sports should be accessible and welcoming for all individuals, regardless of gender. Now, Petty argued the response from ChatGPT was the nature of big tech right now and called for more honesty and transparency from tech companies. We see this bias all over the place, she said. We've seen it on Twitter. We've seen it on Instagram and every other media. It's the nature of big tech. Honestly, I wish they were at least honest about it. I would appreciate it if they came out and said, hey, by the way, if you're using this, uh, these tools, you should know that it's going to try to change your mind, certainly your communication. When Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced the major effort in April to put the Senate's imprint on artificial intelligence policy, he talked about having an urgency to act and said a legislative plan was uh, would start taking shape in a matter of weeks. But on Thursday, more than two months later, Schumer indicated that legislation may not be ready until 2024. In Wednesday remarks at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, Schumer said the process of getting input for the plan is still months away. Hunter Biden was listed among the guests invited to a White House state dinner on Tuesday night for Indian Prime Minister Narinda Modi and his wife. The invitation comes just two days after the 53-year-old's agreement to plead guilty to two misdemeanor counts of willful failure to pay federal income tax became public. Despite owing in excess of $100,000 in federal income taxes every year, he didn't pay the income tax due for either year. The U.S. attorney for the District of Delaware, David Weiss, office said on Tuesday, Hunter Biden will also enter into a pretrial diversion agreement regarding a separate felony charge of possession of a firearm by a person who is an unlawful user of or addicted to a controlled substance. There's nothing to see here, folks. Apparently, well, the Biden administration announced Thursday that it is moving ahead with prohibitions on the type of equipment hunters are allowed to use on federal refuge, uh, a move strongly opposed by sportsmen groups. 
The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service released its 2023-24 hunting and fishing rule, an annual plan laying out regulations for the upcoming hunting season, banning cost-effective lead ammunition and fishing tackle across eight national wildlife refuges by 2026. Such an action has been supported by eco-groups, but opposed by hunters who argue that it could serve as a backdoor attack on hunting broadly. This is the latest example of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service creating rules that punish hunters, threaten conservation funding, and advance special interests without sound scientific evidence that traditional lead ammunition uh, cause uh, or is causing detrimental wildlife population impacts. The senior vice president of the National Shooting Sports Foundation observed. An IRS whistleblower says the FBI's FD-1023 document that alleges a bribery scheme involving then-Vice President Joe Biden, his son Hunter, and a foreign national was never delivered to investigators, even though it was sent to the Delaware U.S. Attorney for further investigation. On Thursday, the House Ways and Means Committee released a portion of the whistleblower testimony related to the IRS and the Justice Department probes into Hunter Biden's tax affairs. The federal probe began in 2018 amid the discovery of suspicious activity reports regarding funds from China and other foreign nationals. Former NC2A swimmer Riley Gaines made it clear how she feels about U.S. women's national team player Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan defending the inclusion of transgender athletes in women's sports. It's disingenuous and it's virtue signaling, she says. They want to be seen as kind. They want to be seen as inclusive. But they know in their hearts, every single person knows they wouldn't have had the opportunities and success they had without the women's sports and category, Gaines says. And Minnesota AG Keith Ellison warns Target about their obligations to the LGBTQ plus community. Apparently there are obligations. Hey, you're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We'll continue to look at some of the hard news in the next segment and then the lighter side of the news to follow. We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show on this Friday afternoon. We're taking a look at some of the headline news and coming up in the next two segments, the lighter side of the news with Jimmy Blend. He doesn't like Jimmy. I like to call him Jimmy. Okay, just days after Hunter Biden reached a sweetheart plea deal with his father's Justice Department to avoid jail time for tax and gun crimes, the House Ways and Means Committee unveiled new testimony suggesting there were roadblocks, excuse me, put in place. 62% of Americans believe the case against Trump is politically motivated. Nearly two-thirds of Americans polled in a Quinnipiac University survey released Wednesday said the Department of Justice's case against the former president over the mishandling of classified documents after he left the White House is mainly motivated by politics. The poll found that 62% of respondents said the department's um, case against the former president is mainly political, while 34% of those surveyed think the federal charges against the former president are mainly motivated by law. A federal jury in New York convicted three men Tuesday of stalking a New Jersey family on behalf of the Chinese government. The defendants, Michael McMahon, 55, Zhu Yang, 66, and Zheng Kongyang, 27 were convicted of conspiracy and stalking charges related to the plot following a three-week trial. McMahon, a former sergeant in the New York City Police Department, and Yang were also convicted of illegally acting as an agent of the People's Republic of China. 
The guilty verdicts are the first trial victory in the U.S. Department of Justice's effort to combat Operation Fox Hunt, the Chinese Communist Party's international alleged anti-corruption campaign targeting those the Chinese government considers fugitives, often former officials or rich individuals suspected of economic crimes. American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten was appointed Monday to a new Department of Homeland Security School Safety Advisory Council tasked with making recommendations on the emergency management preparedness measures and safety and security in schools. Weingarten rose to prominence during the COVID pandemic as one of the chief advocates for school closures. The AFT, the nation's second largest teachers union, pushed the CDC to delay opening schools well after most other developed nations had returned children to the classroom. Emails obtained by Americans for Public Trust revealed. In the fall of 2020, Weingarten denounced calls to reopen schools as reckless, callous, and cruel. Her appointment was met with criticism from Republican lawmakers who don't feel she should be rewarded after fighting to keep schools closed during the pandemic, which has had a devastating effect on the emotional, social, and educational well-being of U.S. children. A Russian court upheld the extended detention of Evan Gersh. Um, Gershko, I want to say Gerskovich, but it's Gerskovich. There you go. The Wall Street Journal reporter deemed by the U.S. to be wrongly held, ordering that the he remain in Moscow's uh, prison until at least August 30th. Former White House chief medical advisor Anthony Fauci said his um, he's worried about the future of the U.S. due to what he described as the normalization of untruths. The normalization of untruths while appearing on the Hill's Future of Healthcare Summit on Thursday. Fauci was asked if he uh, was worried about the country as it heads into the 2024 election season. I worry about the country a lot because what we are seeing, I think anybody who just takes a deep breath and looks at what's going on, that we are in an arena, an era of what I call the normalization of untruths. Well, certainly the covid era was that for reasons I think he is not referring to. But Fauci, who left government work at the end of last year, was a noted distributor of untruths throughout the pandemic. The former CDC director, Robert Redfield, testified in March that Fauci's suppression of the COVID-19 lab leak theory was antithetical to science. The House Select Committee on the Coronavirus Pandemic revealed days earlier that Fauci prompted a scientific study in February of 2020 that purported to debunk the lab leak theory. Fauci has also been criticized for repeated flip-flopping on his support for vaccine mandates and the effectiveness of masks. The median age in the United States reached a record high of 38.9 in 2022. That's according to data released Thursday by the Census Bureau. It's a rapid rise. In 2000, the median age was 35, and in 1980 was 30. While many 38-year-old millennials may still feel young, that age is an unusually high median rather for the country. Low birth rates are the main driver of the nation's rising median age, experts said. Birth rates fell steeply in the first year or so of the coronavirus pandemic. Since then, they have ticked up still since the beginning of the Great Recession in 2007. Fertility has remained very low compared with previous generations. A Texas college has been accused of firing a biology professor because some students took issue with his teaching that the sex of a human being is determined by their chromosomes. By the way, the sex of a human being is determined by their chromosomes. Well, St. Phillips College, which is part of the um, Alamo College's district, reportedly fired Professor Johnson Varkey 
in January after teaching at the uh, academic institution for around 20 years. The First Liberty Institute, a law firm based in Plano, Texas, that often handles religious freedom issues, sent a complaint letter on Tuesday to officials at the college. Uh, According to the complaint letter, Varkey was uh, fired after students walked out of his class when he spoke about how human sex was determined by chromosomes as opposed to a chosen gender identity. Varkey was terminated in late January under the accusation of having engaged in religious preaching, discriminatory comments about homosexuals and transgender individuals, anti-abortion rhetoric and misogynistic banter. So apparently known fact and science is no longer welcome. A girl from the United Kingdom who had both of her breasts removed during a medical gender transition is calling out the gender clinic that was involved in some of her care. Jasmine, a former patient of the uh, Travis Stock Gender Clinic, says she regrets medical interventions to change her gender. The girl reported that the transitioning made her feel worse at every stage. Jasmine said she was relying on medical professionals. I don't really know what it's like to have the body of an adult, she said. I kind of feel a little bit mutilated and like an experiment gone wrong walking through society sometimes. I feel like sometimes jealous of other people, women, who are biologically female, that they still have their natural voice, their natural characteristics, and I don't anymore, she continued. One of many stories and voices currently being raised. A contingent of House Republicans have been increasing, uh, increasingly uh, chomping at the bit to impeach Joe Biden over his willful failure to secure the southern border. So on Tuesday, Colorado Representative Lauren Boebert unexpectedly filed a privileged resolution calling for a floor vote to impeach Biden. The move reportedly caught Speaker Kevin McCarthy off guard and he called it flippant. However, he was able to reach an agreement with Boebert to send the question of impeachment to the House Judiciary and Homeland Security Committees which the House voted in favor of doing. Meanwhile, Democrat lawmakers are quick to lament the move and charge Republicans with political grandstanding. Well, as Republicans warned Democrats when they went on their impeachment warpath against the previous president, what goes around comes around. And the cost? Well, the American people pay that cost. Popular social media platform TikTok, which is owned by the Chinese company ByteDance, finally admitted what lawmakers have been repeatedly charging, that it does indeed store data on American users in China. In a letter sent to Congress in response to an inquiry from Senators Richard Blumenthal and Marsha Blackburn requesting information on its data collecting, TikTok claimed it was not contradicting prior testimony when the company claimed it did not store user data in China. Effectively playing a game of semantics, TikTok acknowledged in the letter that the company does collect and store creator data in China, but that it stands by congressional testimony. We were asked about and our testimony focused on the protected user data collected in the app, not creator data, end quote. With a backlash that Bud Light, Target and The L.A. Dodgers have experienced for promoting gross displays of uh, pride. The National Hockey League is looking to avoid any further distraction. On Thursday, the NHL Board of Governors decided to nix the controversial practice of teams donning LGBTQ-themed warm-up jerseys to celebrate Pride Nights. While Pride Nights will continue, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman said that for the players, we're keeping the focus on the game. In other words, just play hockey. What a novel idea. On this day in history, 1836, Congress approves the Deposit Act, which contains a provision for turning over surplus federal revenue to the states. 1868, Christopher Latham Scholes receives a patent for his typewriter, two words, type and writer, featuring the QWERTY keyboard. 
It's the first commercially successful typewriter. 1938, the Civil Aeronautics Authority is established. 1947, the Senate joins the House in overriding President um, Harry S. Truman's veto of the Taft-Hartley Act, designed to limit the power of organized labor. 1969, Warren Burger is sworn in as Chief Justice of the United States by the man who uh, he succeeded, Earl Warren. 1972, President Nixon signs Title IX, barring discrimination on the basis of sex for any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. Also in 72, President Nixon and White House Chief of Staff H.R. Haldeman discuss using the CIA to obstruct the FBI's Watergate investigation. Revelation of the tape recording of this conversation would spark Nixon's resignation in 1984. 1985, all 329 people aboard Air India Boeing 747 are killed when the plane crashes into the Atlantic Ocean near Ireland because of a bomb authorities believe was planted by Sikh separatists. And finally, on this day in history, 2018, 12 boys and their soccer coach began exploring a cave in Thailand, Thailand rather, before getting trapped, leading to a widely publicized rescue effort. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll take a quick break. When I return, I will not be alone. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Joining me is the unrivaled James Blend, producer of The Georgine Rice Show. Unrivaled. I kind of like that. You know, it could actually go either way. Unrivaled in good ways and unrivaled in, well, doesn't really tell you much. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, did I burst your bubble? Of course, I only I'm meant not, unrivaled. Not typically, yes, you did. In your professional capacity, in your communication skills, in your dedication to hard work. That better? Yes. Okay. Much. Believable, no, but better, yes. <laughs> well, we want to take a look at the lighter side of the news in this uh Second half of the first hour of today's program, beginning with this little tidbit, a porta potty truck crashed, leaving Massachusetts littered with toilet paper. Uh, You thought it was something else. Toilet paper was seen on a street in Revere, Massachusetts on Monday uh, after a crash that involved a porta potty truck. The crash happened um, on one of the major parkways where police and fire crews were seen Responding and cleaning up the debris left behind. And again, we're talking toilet paper. It's unclear exactly how the crash unfolded, but unfolded paper. But it appeared to have involved two trucks. One person appeared to be hurt during the incident. Additional details are yet to be revealed. Can you imagine if that crash was three years ago? There'd be a riot for that toilet paper. (laughs) Well, that's probably true. I'm just uh, grateful that the... Porta potties were not involved. No porta potties were hurt in the writing of the story. There you go. And then there's this: sisters in Houston, Texas, went viral on Instagram. I guess that's the thing to do. You want to go viral on Instagram. You haven't really lived until you've gone viral on Instagram. Uh, anyway, Why is it every time I go viral, it's just with a fever. Yeah, probably. Uh, they went viral on Instagram for wedding themed ladies' night. As the family gives their dresses new life. And here's what they did. Here comes the bride. Uh, that's what diners at the True Food Restaurant in Houston, Texas saw on May the 18th after a family of seven women donned their wedding gowns during their last girl's night. So they just went out for a dinner together and they all wore their wedding gowns. 
Um, Alexis Houston, 25, a lifestyle content creator, uploaded a snippet of the on uh, the outing on to Instagram, uh, which featured her mother, Terry Bonin, 54, her sisters, Madeline, Sydney, Annalise and Kate and her sister-in-law, Hannah. They're all between their um, 20s and 30s. My mom, five sisters and I wore our wedding dresses for our monthly dinner and dessert. Houston uh, captioned her Instagram reel, which has uh, been seen by over 7.7 million viewers. And I guess you again, you haven't lived until you've gone viral. You have millions of viewers who don't know you care nothing about you, but they've actually seen your picture. And that somehow conveys value on a phone call. Uh, Madeline, Sydney, Hannah and others revealed the unique family outing came after one of um, the sisters found a similar video of a group of women re-wearing their wedding dresses. After a brief uh, back and forth, the tight knit group of seven decided that they should don their own wedding gowns uh, or uh, their most expensive evening gown for a one of a kind ladies night. And it was a pretty big deal for onlookers. I hope they didn't go for pasta. Why? Stains. Think oh, of the stains. The sauce, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're probably... It, you know, it's, it's a white dress. I, I've seen the picture. They're all a, white dresses. Yeah. That could be a problem. With, it could be. You know. Let's see. A police force in England has unveiled a new crime-fighting tractor named Optimus Crime after a local four-year-old Transformers fan took top honors in naming the uh, vehicle in a competition. Devon and Cornwall police revealed the vehicle at the Devon County uh, show. British news reported the tractor has been added to the force to help officers boost rural engagement. I guess I'm not getting it, but anyway, Ruben H four uh, won the naming competition held by the police Optimus crime. The local police force uh, received over 500 entries as part of the competition. Um, after, over 500 entries and a bumper crop of fantastic suggestions. We have an official winner in the Name Our Tractor competition. So please, welcome to the team, Optimus Crime, they announced um, on their Facebook post. The post continued, congratulations to Ruben H4, who came up with the uh, winning name. We invited him and his family down to the Woof, Woofstock Festival at uh, Powderham Castle this morning to give it the official thumbs up. And they were they had pictures posted of the little boy, four, in front of Optimus Crime. That's pretty clever. I like it. But did you uh, did you did you hear that the, that's not the only one? What do you mean? There there is another tractor in rural England policing. I hadn't heard. Dorset has one as well. And its name is Robocrop. Seriously, that's that's I'm not making that up. That's <laughs> Robo actual crop Robo crop. Now, the one thing is, and it's kind of become a thing that came out of England a few years ago that I'm surprised didn't come up here. If it did, they didn't mention it. Uh, I wonder if anybody submitted the name was would be a tractor McTractor face. Isn't the the Bodie McBoat face thing uh, that came up a few years ago? Every time there's a, I have been trying to forget that yeah. ever since you said it the last time. Thanks for bringing it up again. Well, you know, so. I'm glad they didn't wind up with tractor tractor face. Uh, I think Optimus Crime is probably preferable to that, as well as RoboCrop. Without question. A utility worker in Britain is trying to solve a mystery after he found three letters dating back more than 40 years stashed in a rabbit hole. Uh, Sean Kennedy, who's a gas uh, lead engineer, 
was at a work site in Hales, Norfolk, when he discovered the letters at the bottom of a rabbit hole at the intersection of, uh, you don't care. Anyway, uh, he's at the bottom of a rabbit hole. How did he find that? Well, Kennedy said all the letters were sent to a Miss Jane in York and are dated 1976 and 1982. You find the odd funny thing, but the majority is rubbish. Uh, this threw me, he said. I was one of the, I saw one of the handwritten letters on top and thought, this is strange. So he picked it out and there were two others. He said the letters didn't show any signs of being damaged by the rabbits or other animals, leading him to believe that they were placed by a person. He said he does, uh, doesn't know why the letters would be hidden. There was nothing scandalous, just ordinary letters. He said that he couldn't uh, make out the names of the sender, but the letters appear to be simple catch-ups between a person and an elderly relative. Somehow made its way, made their way into a rabbit hole. I mean, I've heard of going down a rabbit hole, but yeah. going down there and leaving mail is a different story altogether. It's a different one altogether. Have you ever heard of watermelon snow? No, I can't say I have. Watermelon snow. Well, it's turning mountains pink and red in Utah. Uh, mountain okay. snow in Utah County is turning shades of red, pink, and orange due to what experts said is a phenomenon called watermelon snow. Visitors at the Cache County Mountains captured photos showing the unusual hue to the remaining snow, and scientists said it's a natural phenomenon caused by a blooming green algae that apparently appears red. Um, It's found in mountain ranges around the world. The snow algae produces a pigment that basically darkens their cells, and it acts as both a protection against UV, so it protects uh, their DNA and other aspects of their their bodies, if you will, from damage because they're in such a bright place. But then also it has a secondary benefit of causing these cells to absorb heat, which melts the snow uh, around them that allows them to actually access water because uh, we're out here in a world of water right now, but none of it is accessible because it's snow. Scientists said earlier this year that the amount of the algae found in the western United States could be a contributing uh, factor to drought conditions, so it's uh, somewhat concerning, but it's called watermelon snow. You know, after hearing that uh, watermelon snow a couple times over the last few minutes, I'm kind of in the mood for one of my favorite summertime items, a uh, Hawaiian shave ice. Ooh, that sounds, it sounds like Doesn't it sound like the perfect flavor? Like, would you like a watermelon snow flavor? Well, well yes, yes, I would. That sounds really good. I agree. That's why I said it. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, well, neighbors have solved. You may remember bringing up um, our bringing up the story about the pasta dump a few weeks back. Well, neighbors have apparently solved the mystery. The township's public works department cleaned up the mess, and now they know how it got there in the first place. There are now some answers regarding a fascinating macaroni mystery in a New Jersey town that has um, captivated the Internet. It all started when hundreds of pounds of pasta was found by a city council candidate along the banks of uh, a brook in a wooded part of Old Bridge. Keith Ross, who lives nearby, said there was likely 200 pounds of alphabet noodles and spaghetti just left there with no explanation. No meatballs, no sauce were included, just mounds and mounds and mounds of pasta. And while the pasta appeared to be wet and limp in pictures, it wasn't. Uh, like that when it was uh, dumped there. The pasta was raw, but then the heavy rains over the weekend came, making the mounds look like they'd been cooked before they were dumped 
in the Middlesex County town. Well, neighbors said that the oodles of noodles came from a nearby home that's up for sale. A military veteran moving out of his mother's house after her death seemingly found a stockpile of old food that she was uh, had kept in the home. I mean, I really feels like uh, he was just trying to clear out his parents' house and they were probably stocked up for COVID. Uh, said one neighbor. Well, no matter the facts, uh, the the picture still went viral with captions saying things like the uh, lead suspect is a man by the name of Al Dente. Get it? Al Dente. Or don't forget his um, partner in crime, Linguini. Ha. Well, others uh, wondered whoever did the dump, um, whether or not they'll be sent to uh, the Penny or Penne Tenchery. Okay, and it wasn't uh, known if what was left there was pasta uh, expiration date. Um, Pasta expiration date. Well, I mean, you know, the other thing is, uh, you know, did they check in with the the resident cook? Chef, boy, do we need to take a break. (laughs) That was really good. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Chef, boy, do we need to take a break. So we're going to do that. (laughs) The chef has insisted. So we'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back following the orders from Chef Boy, Do We Need a Break? Uh, continuing our look at the lighter side of the news. I say we because James Blend has joined me for just such a quest. Well, after and first, I'm up for the challenge. Thank you. After uh, first being created in 1936, Oscar Mayer's iconic hot dog-shaped vehicle, long known as the Wiener Mobile, is undergoing its first ever name change. The company announced it's now going to be the Frank Mobile, paying homage to the 100% beef franks as a new recipe has debuted this summer. Did you know there was a new recipe? I did not. It's debuting this summer. Did they mention that when they were here? I wasn't here, so I don't know. I wasn't either. I, I was so bummed. We, we both missed yeah. the day that the Wienermobile, or now the Frankmobile, apparently, uh, came to the stations and visited. Well, the name may have changed for the conspicuous vehicle. The appearance has not been altered much. Uh, new exterior decals with the Frank whistles to replace the old Wiener whistles are the most notable visible differences with a new promotion perhaps attracting the eye of those with a certain name. The fleet of six new vehicles will be participating in the Frank for Frank's promotion, allowing anyone named Frank, we have one here at the station, to stop by and grab a coupon for a free pack of Oscar Mayer 100% beef Franks. That's right, we do have two. Those who are interested in tracking the Frank Mobile uh, as they travel the uh, roads of the country can find more at their website. I kind of... I like the Wiener Mobile myself, but I it's I think it's one of those things where you know I, I appreciate the branding, I appreciate the 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 publicity campaign, but it's the type of name that nobody it, it's you know it it's not gonna it's not gonna stick. It's just gonna be what people call it. Yeah, probably it's, it's the Wiener Mobile forever and always. Yep. Well, one young woman says that her boyfriend is so cheap. That he peels bananas before weighing them at the grocery store. They didn't appreciate his frugality, as you might imagine. This is an Australian influencer. Uh, is being ripped online after he claimed to save money by peeling grocery store bananas before weighing them, which had the critics advising his girlfriend to dump the cheapskate. A video detailing his unorthodox method of conserving cash has amassed more than 800,000 views on TikTok, making him a, in quotes, influencer 
who's been seen by many people who could really care less. The man had his uh, bananas penny pinching habit aired recently by his girlfriend on their joint account where the duo frequently share tips on how to enjoy life without breaking the bank. In the clip captions how my frugal boyfriend saves money on his bananas and subtitled the secondhand embarrassment, though. Uh, Mason can be seen peeling one of the potassium rich fruits before bagging it and heading to the self checkout at the grocery store. He then puts the uh, uh, lighter between uh, lighter item on a scale, which generates the cheaper price than it would if the banana was still in its skin. His demonstration didn't resonate well with commenters, many of whom felt that he was uh, going a bit overboard on the uh, quarter hoarding. That's not frugal. That's penny pinching. Another scoffed. I don't think I've ever spent more than two dollars on bananas. Real frugal people weigh them without a bag, snarked another. Others suggested that uh, his other half, my the girlfriend, should make like a banana and split. That's just not very appealing to me. No, no, no it's not. A Pennsylvania meat company broke a Guinness World Record by preparing a piece of turkey bacon measuring more than 17 feet long. Ooh. Turkey bacon. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's an adequate substitute if you don't have the real thing, but I'd rather have bacon. Yeah. Um, Godshaw's Quality Meats in Lebanon celebrated National Turkey Lovers Month and the first day of the summer on Wednesday by cooking the world's longest piece of turkey bacon. The company's president said the breakfast item cooked for more than six hours in a smokehouse oven measuring 25 feet long and 10 feet wide. Guinness World Records adjudicator uh, Fernandez then measured the bacon and confirmed it was 17 feet, three and a half inches long, surpassing the goal of 16.6 feet by the previous record holder. The turkey bacon was then broken into smaller portions and served at a BLT luncheon hosted by the president of the corporation. The rest was donated to Lebanon County Christian Ministries. Just a big hunk of turkey bacon to Lebanon County Christian Ministries. Did they really want that turkey? How long it had been sitting there? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. What do you do with the leftover turkey? Yeah. Well, Pele is now a word to describe someone out of the ordinary, as the three-time World Cup winner's name was included as a new adjective in the Portuguese edition of the uh, dictionary. Earlier this month, the Pele Foundation and Sport TV launched the Pele in the Dictionary campaign to pay tribute and recognize his legacy in other fields besides sports. Having reached more than 100,000 signatures, the name of the former player who died in December is now an entry in the dictionary. If you say someone has been pele or you are Pele, that's saying you're out of the ordinary. Uh, again, someone or something uh, out of the ordinary who, uh, by virtue of their quality, value, or superiority, cannot be equaled to anything or anyone just like Pele. The dictionary entry, which was unveiled at the Summit of Sports event on Wednesday. So it's a compliment to uh, to be Pele'd as opposed to waylaid. I'm waiting. For? My compliment. Moving on. Oh. Well, a pet lover in Canada owns Dexter, who is part of a serval cat and definitely out of the ordinary. Speaking of things that are out of the ordinary. This cat is so large, this pet feline, he's now the size of an adult male bobcat. A woman's pet cat has grown so big, it's now the size of an adult male bobcat and weighs, uh, weighs in at just over 24 pounds. 
Dexter is a F6 Savannah cat. I have no idea what that means. He's six generations removed from a serval, a wildcat native to various regions of Africa. Seven-year-old Dexter, weighing in at approximately 24.3 pounds, measures a whopping 89 centimeters or 35 inches and uses a storage bin as a litter box. Dexter is so big he can only play with dog toys and eat dog treats. The owner was looking for an out-of-the-ordinary cat when she paid 1,900 pounds or nearly $2,400 for Dexter uh, to a breeder back in 2016. She says a laser technician, or she is a laser technician from West Lincoln in Ontario, Canada. I buy him dog toys because uh, uh, if I get him a, a tiny cat toy, he's just going to destroy it. She added cat treats are too small for him as well. If the ingredients are all the same, uh, which they often are, I just buy him dog treats. The most difficult thing to size up for Dexter was his litter box, which Kay was never able to find. Instead, that's why she's using a huge plastic crate. Uh, She noted a cat his size could do a lot of damage. He has the strength to do it. He would never do something like that, though. That's what she thinks. The pet owner spends close to $115 a month on the cat for toys, food, and vet bills. Um, Dexter is the apple of her eye, however, and she takes great care of him. She also feeds him carefully made meat mixes. She adds he mostly eats raw ground chicken, um, specifically mixed for Dexter. And she says if you are uh, were to try and make it yourself, you would probably get the minerals and nutrients wrong. It's a special mix uh, for her beloved cat. $150 a month to feed a cat. I don't eat that much a month. I don't think I do either, but, uh, you know, there are times where it seems like a worthy goal. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. We've got news and traffic coming here at the top of the hour. And when we return, this week's Christian Outlook. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ.